There Here he we is. Go. Hello, Craig. Hello, Craig. Holy Hi, shit. Craig. Right? Isn't it scary? <laughs> yeah, it, Craig's... You know, Craig's a valued member of the podcast. Would you like to say hi to Craig? It grows on you. Hi, Craig. I heard you guys saying hi, Craig, on the podcast before, and I was always like, who the fuck is Craig? <laughs> he just sits in the corner there, and he, he's fine. He's just drooling yeah. a little bit because he's a zombie. Yeah. Yeah, Craig did die and then came back, thanks to uh, Mike. But, um, you know, it's all good now. Craig's still able to do his job. Yeah, that's the lore we established. Mike, <laughs> yeah. our resident necromancer. Deep Mao was a mensch lore. Anyways, speaking of which, <laughs> welcome to Mao was a mensch, a podcast where we allegedly review beer. Um, I'm Nathan. Uh, I'm Elliot. I'm Cass. I'm Mike. I'm Abigail. And this week we have a very special guest, Elliot's good friend, Rance. Oh, uh, for, I mentioned on this podcast before, actually, I think as a guy Elliot thinks Nathan would hate. Uh, yeah, actually, there's been there's that's some other deep Maoism lore, but we we we'll put that to the test today. We'll see if this is really going down. Anyway, uh, as per guest choice, this week we're drinking uh, Strongbow. Um, a lot of us have the golden apple flavor, but Rance, you know, being from across the pond, has uh, a little bit different. Yeah, I have the dark fruits variant, which is a black currant flavored version, which is not a flavor that exists in America, as far as I'm aware. So. Oh. I've never seen what, it. What type of flavor is that? Uh, it is uh, of the fruit, the black currant. It's a type of berry, I believe, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. yeah. It does not exist in the U.S. Yeah, you're never going to see, like, currant-flavored anything over here. Sometimes sometimes you see red currant. Black currant, absolutely not. Yeah. I was actually really excited for this, because this is actually one of my favorite uh, ciders. I oh, really? really like I really like it too. Like I was like, ooh, strong nice choice. So you know what? It's good that we're continuing to drink good things on this podcast after a long stint of drinking bad things. Oh, interesting. This is very funny to me because I my we when I was talking to Elliot about like my original pick was um uh Brewdog, and then like there was some stuff with like turns out the CEO is a huge piece of shit. So I was like, well, I don't really want to advertise that on the podcast. So, but I was trying to work out what the else would be sold in the U.S. that I drink, and I was like, "Oh, well, Strongbow is what I used to drink in uni because it was cheap. Let's do that as a gag." And I didn't think anyone else would have any sort of like relationship with it. Look, we've drank some really bad stuff on the podcast. Yeah, it's true. I, yeah. Look, I'll I'll take this over. Um, I mean, I I know that that Abby will take this over the IPAs any day, but any uh, day. I, I will I will I will take this over most of our early roster except for uh, Miller High Life, the champagne of beers. What really? Okay. <laughs> I've never had this before. Rance literally just said, Oh, this is the shitty one that I drank in uni. Ah. And it was the like, only one that was available in all of our states. So. I like really genuinely like Strongbow. This is actually making me a little sad. <laughs> well, oh, let's well. Uh, let's crack into it. So yeah, uh, let's do it. And uh, if everybody's ready to go, uh, let's all drink in three. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Oops. Oh, My bad. <laughs> okay, well, well, off to a great start. Three, two, one, go. Wow, I'm so glad that we all drank that at the same time. Yeah, that's um, definitely what happened. That was a great coordination. First sip's always the best. Yeah. Um, that's not bad. It's a good, it's a good cider. That's, <sighs> that's it. Um, I'm as good as Angry Orchard. It's not as good as um, the one I like is uh, Copperberg, but I don't think they sell that over there. Yeah, I've never seen that over here. Yeah. I think it just like works with my palate really well. I don't know. I could get into comparing this to Angry Orchard, but I'm not going to do that at the top end of the podcast. Instead, we right, have we a... We don't talk about beer on here. Right, exactly. Yeah, we don't talk that, about that, beer. That, that, that's an alleged thing. Today's topic is a uh, much-anticipated topic, all right? You know, For we, me... We, for, for me, for Elliot specifically, and we, we, but we we brought in Rant specifically as the uh, the the expert on all of this, and um, I don't really, I, I don't feel like I can do the introduction justice. So I'm gonna let Elliot take it away. And uh, what are we talking about today? Damn, Rorschach is gay. Rorschach is gay. All right, we're done. Everybody, Rorschach go home. is gay. That's it. That's the podcast. Rorschach <laughs> is gay. Right. Wow. So how Good are we show, ranking everyone. the cider? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
Okay, so this is something that I've had to piece together, like, tangentially uh, from just, like, your random posts on Twitter. So I, I know that you've always had held this opinion or fact. It is, it is a fact. It is just fact. Well, I'm very interested because, okay, so from my perspective, as someone who has only read the comic, like, I reread it, like, periodically. I really like it. Um, the character of Rorschach always seemed like someone who is just so single-minded in their pursuit of justice. The idea of him having, like, any kind of either romantic or sexual attraction to, like, anyone just seems like kind of a weird take for me. So I'm kind of, I'm interested to seeing where specifically you're getting this direction for him as a character. Well, I mean, that's, I've heard that before. Yeah, right. so, I mean, am I, am I okay to cut in? Yeah, yes, yeah. you can. Yes, you can. Cut in, uh, Mr. At yeah. Rorschach is gay on Twitter. Yeah, my, my, twi my Twitter <laughs> at is at Rorschach is gay, which I changed it to on a whim at one point, and like four years ago, and never changed back. Anyway, um, all rants on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, follow yeah, me on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. I just yeah. I, I follow me on Twitter. I just got un unbanned because I got banned for a week for um a bullying uh Twitter writer Frank Miller. So, <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> Full circle. Actual, <laughs> actual Rorschach cosplayer Frank Miller gets bullied, or at least in another <laughs> timeline. As a side note, I really do enjoy your uh, Twitter content. After, uh, do you like, follow me? That's very funny. Yes, I just saw that post you made about the literally worst burrito imaginable. <laughs> yes. Rants, I yeah, would I follow you, but I think I was told specifically that I'm not allowed to interact with El with any of Elliot's other friends. So that's very it, funny. You have. To, I am. I am ninety percent joking. I am terrified that you will say some stupid shit to my friends, and they'll is be it, like, "I've never said this person, anything but... stupid in my life." Is it is you. it interacting with them if I'm just sort of like lurking on their accounts, following them, and not saying anything? <laughs> That makes it sound worse. <laughs> <laughs> you make oh, me Lord. sound like a fucking insane freak. I'm <laughs> <laughs> oh, respecting your boundaries. But, but no, no, no. To, to, to loop it back to the topic, because uh, yes. I, 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 I take the same stance as Mike on this traditionally. So I'm very interested to, to, to hear the other side of this. So, okay. I think that's incredibly short-sighted of both of you. Wow! wow. Okay, I'm not gonna go in for the kill like that. Well, break it down. I'm, I'm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want page numbers. I have I, page numbers if you want them. I can I've, give I've you page my, numbers. I've got my Watchmen book in front all right, of me all right. here. All right, give me oh, one shit. second. It's on my bookshelf. I will, shit. I will go grab it. Yeah, let me, let me grab mine. I want citations, please. I've got my annotated copy with me. That's what oh, level good. I'm on. Oh my exactly. god. Um, I get. If you could send me these numbers later, because I don't have a book in front of me, and uh, I meant to reread it before this podcast, but I've got, um, I'm heading out of town for like a week tomorrow, so I need to do things. Whoever edits the episodes, compile the page numbers. Yeah, um, excellent. Just, just, just making a note here. But yeah, I got, I got my book in front of me now, so I'm all ready to go. Okay, right. Well, so like, so like the first like thing that like set me off on this path basically was like, um path <laughs> yes i call it that um i had to write and i was writing an essay in like a non in like my second year of uni or something like that about like um i was being an angry at shit and like wrote was writing about like um basically like complete blindness to characters being gay and like the and like what i sort of made me start thinking about rorschach specifically was the fact that like if you look him up like you can look up on his wikipedia article right now and it'll say he shows no interest in sex, he's probably asexual, right? And it was this sort of assumption, it was this immediate sort of, like, what I noticed of link between this guy has, like, a non-traditional relationship to sex in some way, he is not attracted to women, therefore he must be asexual. And there was a leap there that I was like, it feels like there's an alternative, like, path you can take here, and, like, the more I looked at the comic, the, like, more material there was to work with. And the thing I specifically want to bring up, and now... I'm specifically is if you go to issue five, there is a line where he says very specifically the dialogue line is um, 
when he's dressing up as Rorschach, he says, I abandoned my disguise and became myself, free from fear or weakness or lust. And, like, he very specifically says that dressing up as Rorschach is something he does that erases sexuality from himself. And if he has no sexuality to erase, then it wouldn't be an issue. Like, clearly there is a sexuality he's struggling with. He says so himself in, in the comic. And that, I mean, that doesn't automatically mean, he, mean he's gay by himself, but there's, like, obviously more material that I'm building with here. But, like, yeah, basically my foundational point is less that Rorschach is gay and more Walter, Walter Kovacs is gay and Rorschach is a manifestation of being in the closet. Um, so it's kind of a... Rorschach is gay is kind of a misnomer in that sense. Okay. okay. I see. Right, but, because, I mean, yes. in general, Rorschach is... I mean, it's this identity that he constructs because he does not like being Walter Kovacs. Right. Right. Mm. Yes. Oh, motherfucker. Oh, that... Oof. Okay, sorry, so... I came very close to dropping my my uh, strongbow on my copy of the Watchmen annotated. Oh, I think you were just getting weird. really emotional then. I, so what God. I'm hearing is that your Twitter ad is a lie, and that you've been lying to us. You've been living a lie, Rance. Yeah, you gotta <laughs> you gotta change it to Kovacs is gay right now. It's not quite I'm... as catchy. Yeah, well, no, Kovacs is gay works. Yeah, I kind of like that. Kovacs' gay does work, but then, like, it's not as instantly recognizable, so it kind of sounds like I'm just calling some random guy gay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's true. I would bit. think your name We're was We're talking Kovacs. about you, Mr. Kovacs, from New York. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Rorschach is gay is pretty, like, punchy. It's yeah, it sort of gets... It, it, draws it, attention. Yeah, exactly. It gets some people's attention, even if it's technically um not exact. It's, like, technically the opposite of what I'm saying. Right. Anyway, so what's, like, kind of, like, inarguable about the comic is what Elliot just said, is that Rorschach is, like, a identity Walter made up because he hates being himself. Like, you kind of can't argue with that as, like, like disconnected from all of the, from any interpretation of him being gay. Like, he repeatedly says in, like, the issue where he's talking to the therapist, which is issue six, um... You keep that, calling me Walter, I don't like you. I don't like being he called he Walter. He not being called Walter, but, like... He also brings up that Walter is dead, yeah. you know? Walter is dead, and specifically what he says is there's a line where um, he mentions having friends, and the therapist sa- he says, you have friends? And his uh, Rorschach's immediate response is, Kovacs had friends, R- not Rorschach. Like, that kind of, like, softness and weakness of, like, having friendships and, like, caring about people is something that he puts on Walter, and that's, like, a negative trait that he associates with Walter. Like... He's very definitively, like, drawing a line between these two personalities of, like, Walter is this guy who, like, cares about things and has optimism and has friends and is too soft and doesn't kill people and, like, believes there's hope for the world. And Rorschach is the guy who is, like, seen into the void and doesn't believe in any of those things. And, is like, it gay to have friends? Yes. yes. Clearly. Yeah. Otherwise, why are we all here? Exactly. And talking about... Seeing into the void is that what it comes back. Another uh, point that I want to come to is that Watchmen as a comic is filled with gay people suffering and dying. Um, not like in a way where like it immediately grabs your attention, but every single gay character who gets mentioned in Watchmen is dead or dies. Could could you run over that a little bit? Because I yes. do not remember the characters. <laughs> it's been a yeah. Like it's been like ten years since I've read this. Yeah, no, don't worry. I've got I've got so much more detail. I you can are here. a gem. Thank you so much. <laughs> Silhouette, Silhouette's the one that comes. Yes, to mind yeah. Silhouette is the immediate one. She was a former like she was one of the first vigilantes. Um, it, she got acted as a lesbian. She got thrown out of the uh, the Minutemen, which was the original vigilante group, and she got hunted down and killed along with her lover for being a lesbian. Um. As well as that is also um, Hooded Justice and Captain Metropolis, who right. are also yes. members of the original Watchmen, uh, original Minutemen team. Um, Captain Mo- uh, Hooded Justice went missing and is presumed dead. Um, Captain Metropolis died in a car accident that was possibly suicide. Shortly after Hooded Justice died, they are strongly implied to have been in a romantic relationship. Um, there is a ca- side character who is one of the civilians you see on the street, um, who is a taxi driver called Joey. Um, who's a oh, lesbian, right. I and has a girlfriend, you. and you see her drama with her ex-girlfriend yeah. recurring through the comic, and sort of notably towards the end of the comic, she's, she starts talking about how she's very depressed, and she's struggling with, like, being a lesbian, and how, you know, it's hard. Yeah. 
in this yeah. world. But the comic is full of like this sort of like universal gay trauma and this sort of but you know this sort of like bleakness of like being gay and like i think that's i mean you know that's probably not like ideal and it sort of adds a sort of uh, piece of media but if you want to actually like analyze this um the person who keeps talking about these people and talking about how they died and talking about how they've been sacrificed is rorschach he repeatedly talks about uh, there's a line he has an issue too, which is violent lives ending violently. Dollar bill, the silhouette, Captain Metropolis. Um, we never die in bed, not allowed. He's obsessed with the fact that these other vigilantes have died, and he's also obsessed with who else is gay. One of the most famous lines that gets brought up um, is a line he has, um, I think it's in issue one. Yeah, it is. it is. Yeah, the possibly homosexual investigate further line about Ozymandias which is often used as an example of him being homophobic. And it's like, that's, I don't think those two things are mutually exclusive. Um, where, but it's this sort of concept that I think a lot of straight people wouldn't necessarily think to pick up on, which is the idea of that when you're gay, you are very obsessed with who, and when you're gay, and especially when you're gay and closeted and like you can't be out, or maybe you're gay and you're unhappy with it, you're very obsessed with who else is gay. Yeah, that makes sense. I'd buy that. Like, it's... Especially if you're talking about someone like Ozymandias, who Rorschach initially, like, has some admiration for. Yeah. Like, being a figure who is out and seemingly, you know, successful is, like, kind of, like, an impossible thing to imagine. So it's very easy for me to, like, draw a line between him sort of want, being gay and wanting to know who else is gay, and then also being constantly surrounded by this, like, gay tragedy and like the comic primes you to like associate like sorry let me start again the comic like primes you to like associate like there's these gay characters they die rorschach is obsessed with the fact that he's going to die he's suicidal he's very depressed he thinks it's inevitable that he's going to die and it's like very easy to draw a parallel between these two concepts he also dies at the end he yeah, does too. also die at the yeah, end he dies horrifically violently yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. He dies violently. He it's basically exactly what he was expected. Um, I mean, are we by that logic? Are we also to assume that the comedian is homosexual? No, no, no. But, I, I, but, but it's it's a combination of. I mean, I I'm 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 buy, I'm definitely buying into this. There's a lot of stuff that like I, I a lot of pieces that I just never put together. And the comedian yeah. doesn't have all of those pieces. I mean, yeah, yeah. The, com the comedian meets a violent end, but that's not the only thing that's going on here. But it's yeah, like, yeah. he's the first, like, death that we see in the comic that, like, kind of sets Rorschach on this path, so it was like... Yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's a fair thing to bring up, because obviously this isn't, like... I mean, when you, you're talking about something like this, when, like, I don't for a minute assume this was, like, authorial intent. Right. Not that I think authorial intent is sort of the be-all and end-all of anything like this. Oh yeah. Um, I mean, I could, I could definitely see there being some, uh, not intent, but uh, subconscious. Yeah. 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 I think yeah. when you're of, talking about <laughs> Alamo, when yeah. you, I think when you're Weird talking dude. about like that guy. <laughs> yeah. When you're talking about anything where it's like a guy who's like hiding a part of himself, you're people are never to be gonna sort of like start drawing parallels with like being closeted in some sense. Like I think that's kind of inevitable. But like, yeah, it's a, what I was saying with the comedian is like when you're sort of like trying to like bring in a message that was perhaps not intentionally like built into every frame, you're gonna sort of run to things where like the pieces don't all completely neatly fit. Because like the comedian does die very violently in the beginning. He does also have um, many relationships with women, uh, bad ones, obviously. But yeah, because he's a misogynist. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's just yeah, he's not built. It's not he. The, the comedian, I think, also is not Rorschach is someone who's like constantly very aware of like death and the comedian is sort of just doesn't seem to care about any anyway um to get back to the point talking about you know gay suffering and death and being surrounded by that um a really key point in the comic that's a very important part of Rorschach's backstory well a very important part of like why he believes we believe is um he heard about the death of uh, Kitty Genovese which is I mean, obviously, you know, in the present day, we know that the story as it was reported is, like, was completely untrue. It was entirely made up. Wait, 
Can you can you go back over that real fast? Pretty Genovese. Um, if is that is that what you're asking about, Abby? Kitty Genovese, like who that yeah. is? Kitty Genovese. Um, are you familiar with the quote unquote bystander effect, which is you know, uh, people will just be bystanders and stand by and watch and not help yeah. when supposedly. bad things happen. Supposedly, right? Kitty Genovese is. I think her case is like the progenitor of that claim. Um, Kitty Genovese is a woman who uh, was murdered. Uh, quite horribly. Um, mm-hmm. And there were reports saying that, like, her neighbors and people just stood by and watched her, you know, get brutalized and mm-hmm. murdered horribly. That is not true. But yeah. that is what was believed for a very it long was time. widely reported in the newspaper because essentially what happened was this woman died um, and the police of the chief, uh, the, the police of the chief, um, went to his friend at the newspaper and told him, oh, all these people saw this woman die and didn't do anything, and then the newspaper guy went and wrote that up as being true, despite the fact that that was not even remotely what happened, and there's a huge amount of facts that are disputed with the case. For example, there were lots of people there trying to help her. It's the most major thing that um, doesn't fit into that story. Um, there weren't as many people living on the street as were reported to have been able to see her, etc., etc., uh, 911 didn't exist at the time the story happened, so they wouldn't have been able to call it in the first place. Um, anyway, so, but it's a, it's a newspaper story that um, Rorschach hears before he becomes Rorschach, um, and he feels uh, he used to work back when he was working civilian days, he used to work at like a clothes manufacturers. Someone ordered a dress, and they didn't like it. And he thinks, he's convinced that, um, it was Kitty Genovese who was the one who ordered this dress. There's no indication of whether or not it was her. This is just what he believes. Um, and then he also believes this story that, like, uh, people saw her suffering and no did anything. And there's a recurring thing with Rojag all through of the idea of there is something horrible happening and no one is doing anything about it. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think is very strongly linked to, like, his own history as, like, a survivor of child abuse that basically no one gave a shit about. And also I think you can link back to the idea of, like, again... Gay people suffering, no one is fucking doing anything about it, no one gives a shit. Because another fact about Kitty Genovese that wasn't reported or widely known as well is that she was a lesbian. And she lived in a gay neighborhood. And these things um, were obviously swept under the rug. Because it didn't really fit the image of the story they were going for in the press. But it fits in again to this concept of this recurring throughout the story of if you are gay things are going to end badly for you. And this is a concept, and this is a concept that Rorschach marries himself to completely. The literal, like, discussion of her mask. Uh, he makes the mask out of the dress that she didn't want. I think this is something extremely poignant about the idea of a gay, an out gay woman doesn't want a dress and rejects it, and he makes a mask out of it to hide his identity with, which feels think, charged. Yeah, I think also... I mean, this comic was written in the 80s, you know, and I think just the fact that his mask is made out of a woman's dress in and of itself is quite um, charged. Yeah. Yeah, his exact line is of making the mask is, I made a face I could bear to look at in the mirror, which is when you're talking about, again, about the concept of being closeted and hiding your identity feels fairly relevant. It's... One of those things is when you start looking in the comic and start actually reading for it in the lines, there's a lot of things that can be read in sort of multiple ways. But I just think the most key thing with Rorschach is that he constantly identifies himself with other gay people and shares their fears, explicitly shares their fears, fears, explicitly hates himself and is trying to hide his own identity, is trying to do so in a way that is extremely hyper-masculinized and based on violence and repression and based around the idea of wanting to preserve like traditional family values essentially he bemoans the fact that traditional family values are going down the pan while being you know a criminal himself um yeah yeah and i'm sorry i am i am too i am absolute like i'm listening but i'm also tuning in and out because i'm just admiring dave gibbon's beautiful art because i have the book in front of me right his now. art is yeah, it's um the thing with Dave Gibbons always gets me is the fact that he'll have these tiny fucking little panels. 
and, and he might have stuff so much into them. So it's much stuff amazing. in these panels, and it doesn't look crowded at all. It's crazy. Yeah. No one else can do it. Like no one else can do it. Yeah. I mean, probably someone can, but I don't know them off the top of my head. So I've decided no one else can do it. But I mean, the people who try to copy the Watchmen format and fail too miserably shows that it is not easy. Right. If the Rorschach comic now did anything right, it was just not trying to copy the Watchmen layout. Yeah. And that's one thing we can all respect it for. I mean, I, I, I love Jorge's art. That's... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, the art is gorgeous. I'm not going to argue with that. Yeah, it's beautiful art. I'm not going to argue with that. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. So, so I... This has really brought me around to a perspective that I never had. And I actually... Yeah, I, I really appreciate that. Because all, all, all the dots definitely connect. I buy it. I'm a believer after this. Mike, what what say you? I wish I had uh, read through more of Watchmen before. Yeah, that podcast. would have been a good idea. <laughs> yeah. Because this is like a really super detailed uh, breakdown of all these points. And I really like the ones that you're making, but I can't really like uh, discuss yeah. with them. There is... um. One very simple thing, I think, uh, which is my go-to point for just, you know... Oh my know, god, we haven't brought up something very important, actually. Well, oh, which is, you go is ahead. it? You go ahead first, okay. I want to hear what you're going to say. Um, this is, like, my go-to point for this, because I think it is the most obvious, um, which is... God, I wish I knew... The page numbers off of the top of my head um but it feels like a very intentional parallel and that is no, um, exactly what i was gonna say yeah yeah i mean a gay hive mind um there is there's a scene where um daniel uh night owl the second is showing laurie silk specter the second around um you know his ship archie and um he helps her up into the ship and it the art the paneling makes a point of him holding her hand uh for like a beat too long and uh she says dan you can let go of my hand now and much later um rorschach offers his hand to daniel for like a handshake and he says thanks for being my friend and there is another very long much more awkward pause where he he continues holding Daniel's hand and you know Daniel eventually he he doesn't know how to handle the moment he's very awkwardly patting Rorschach's hand um and of course Daniel and Laurie they get together right yeah so it, it, and it's a pretty it's a pretty um the scene that I'm talking about with Daniel and Laurie is very like it's telegraphing that Daniel has a crush on her like a big fat crush so I think, you know, it follows that, you know, doing the same thing again with Rorschach is another, like, hey, there's some feelings here. Um, yeah, so that's yeah, my point. Issue 7, page 6, and then issue... Issue 10, page 10. I issue 10, page, page 11. Oh, page oh, 10. Well, 10 and 11. 10 and 11. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's like... One of the things where it's like, I mean, it's like a many things in this whole theory. It's couldn't be dismissed with this is a coincidence. I mean, it is just a coincidence, but I isn't it? I would not. Is it? Well, I don't know. It feels it feels a lot more intended to me than a lot of other things, honestly. I mean, there's so much stuff that Alan Moore packs into his stories that is even just background details that are intentional. Have you ever seen his description? Like, the, the, the script for Watchmen has never been released. I'm thinking about the script for The Killing Joke, though. But there's a page, there's, like, I have the, like, big, like, um, like, art book for Watchmen that Dave Gibbons released, and it has, like, yeah. a scan of, like, the first page of the script, and it's, like, a full A4 page of incredibly dense typewriter, like, hundreds of words, Describing yeah. what he wants the first panel to look like. Well, I, I remember seeing a part of the script for The Killing Joke, and it was 
the same way, like densely, yeah. densely packed, every background detail meticulously planned out. So when it comes to like Alan Moore and coincidences, it's that's that's something that's really hard for me to buy. I, I, it's it's almost everything is put in with intention, I feel. Yeah, like he's not a guy who like lets things slide without considering the implications of what they mean. Yeah. Maybe he's just saying they're really good friends. <laughs> you know, they, they were roommates. <laughs> and they were roommates. Um, just gal pals. Just guys being dudes. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Two bros, has... chilling in the hot tub. <laughs> well, they had a, they had, didn't they have a dude bro video game on the Xbox 360 arcade? They did. Was... It's, yeah. Um, yeah, it's um, what's it called? I can't remember what it's called off of my head. I have played it. It's very like bad. Rise of Watchmen. I, I I remember when it came out, and I was like, oh wow, a Watchmen video game? Maybe I'll play that. And I never did. And it, it sounds like it's probably better than I never did. Watchmen: The <laughs> End is Nigh. That's it. The End is Nigh. Yeah, it's it's based on the movie, and it is insanely boring to play. Mm. It's a beat 'em up, but it's not a good one. Oh, yeah. God. Um, are you allowed to talk about your verbal thrashing of uh, on here? I don't think so. No, I think if I think we'll probably have to cut it out of the podcast if we if it gets brought up because I was told not to talk about it and then they never released the episode. So I think possibly. Yeah. It's, oh wait, it's... they never released the episode. <laughs> oh, those fucking no. cowards! <laughs> it's because it's a fucking nah, boring ass motherfucker. Think, well, my my roommate's suggestion was just that they probably realized. That it was very bad. Press. Because, not press, but just, like, the episode was very bad. Because, like, I went in there with, like, I had, like, pages of notes. But it's, like, if you're grabbing random people off Twitter, who else is going to have, like, even attempted to do that? But, like, the thing that really gets me is that it's a really shitty podcast host. Like, he's deeply uninteresting to talk to. I want to hear all about it off the record, but also I want to let Abby talk because I interrupted Abby. Oh, sorry. Um... I was just going to ask, has Alan Moore ever spoken on the topic or said anything? I know he's kind of a weird... I, he is an incredibly weird, cryptic dude who does not like talking to people. But has there has he ever said anything on the topic of uh, Walter Kovac being gay? Um, no. As far as I'm aware, we are... Me and Elliot are pioneers in this field. <laughs> <laughs> If you try to look up um, Rorschach is gay, like, on the internet stuff, you find, like... Your Twitter? One <laughs> essay about how um, he's he possibly is queer-coded. Um, some people making jokes on a forum and my Twitter, that's all that comes up. Like, that's incredible. There has been... Yeah. It's very sad. There is not much effort being put into this before. Which I do think it is important to know. Probably doesn't mean anything because, again, Alan Moore is a weird cryptic dude who hates talking to people. <laughs> this could have been his intention for like 40 years and he never would have said anything. I think, I think Alan Moore gets a bad rap, but I do think if I tried to talk to him about Watchmen, he would just oh. shut down. Yeah, yeah I, I was going to say he was, he would, he'd probably shut. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the gosh. thing that I'm always reminded of when Alan Moore comes up is that he made a, <laughs> he made like a porn comic. Yes, he did. Wait, what? God, he did? I have read the synopsis of it and it is insane. It is. Yeah. It he is wrote a, a porn comic with his wife. It's a graphic. <laughs> it's based off of like the like classic fairy tale. Not girl quite characters, but they're aged up, aren't they? Isn't it? Isn't it like uh, Alice, yeah, in like Alice in Wonderland? Wonderland. Yeah, that's that's not really fairy tale. That's post. It's like the it's late nineteenth, early twentieth century. So it's I know I think it's Dorothy, Alice, and one other character. I want to yeah, say it's one other one, but I don't remember who. Wendy. Wendy. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, he when he was like questioned about it, he was like. Man, pornography has no standards. We wanted to make something that was like artistic pornography, and I was like. Okay, then. <laughs> yes, artistic. I appreciate artistic pornography. I mean, go off, Alan, I guess. I'm never going <laughs> to yeah. read it, but good for you, Chief. I mean, look, I like artistic pornography stuff. I just think the comic sounds really, the porn sounds really fucking creepy, and we'll not be reading it for that reason. Yeah, I <laughs> yeah. just remember hearing about it, and I was like, what the fuck? And now, anytime when someone brings up Alan Moore, I'm like, 
I can't get that out of the back of my mind. Yeah. Damn, I don't always think about Alan Moore's porn comic. I always just think about how I own a lot of Alan Moore trades. Do you own the (laughs) Alan Moore? (laughs) I don't own the porn comic. I don't. But maybe I need to add that to my collection now. I don't think you do. It's no, I think a I do. Weird fact. I'm skimming the plot summary right now, and not a fan so far. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like, look, I love, like, I love erotic stories that are like cute and well told, or like beautiful spreads of erotic art and stuff. And if you don't like it, then you're a coward who's lying to yourself, um, <laughs> or you are too horny to like deal with any art artistry. But anyway. That is not what that comic sounds like at all. Do you think he fits as much detail into this comic as he does into Watchmen? Oh, God. <laughs> Somebody find the script. Somebody find the script right now. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I, I, I really wish that I didn't know about this, Mike. Um, this is your fault, and I, I am going to block you on Twitter now. I think sorry. you should. No, I'm and to all of our listeners, I'm also very sorry. <laughs> or you're welcome. Yeah, we're, no, if you're, if, you're welcome, your please, if you're welcome, please don't listen to our show. Um, <laughs> do not interact with me ever again. Oh my god. Um, <laughs> Is this where I get kicked off the podcast? <laughs> yes. Look, I... I I just remember that co- that thing having a lot of um content warnings and... Uh, not that's all i'm gonna say i don't want to talk about it anymore if you enjoy it please do not interact with me yeah gonna give this one a miss yeah yeah this looks like a hard <laughs> uh pass okay, well. and also a if you like this uh mm-hmm. don't talk to me <laughs> yeah. i've never You're read it i just person. heard about it i know i know i i would never i don't think that you are a weird person like i i understand at least not in this way at least not in this way yeah um moving along yeah 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 uh, now give me a hour-long dissertation about <laughs> go ahead suicide squad yeah suicide squad oh, yeah suicide squad okay suicide i really I, I really want to i want to believe that this is gonna be decent because look the thing about the original suicide squad is this as bad as it was in the writing department the actors were having so much fucking fun and the actor who was playing captain boomerang was having the well, goddamn some, time of his some life some of the actors were having fun and some of them were terrible was the thing that's true that's true but was, I'm, I'm specifically talking about the actor who was playing captain boomerang captain well, boomerang yeah. was lovely they brought yeah. him back in this movie just because he was so good in the first one right he's back I would, oh, yeah he's I'm, back i would not come at this I would not come at this movie hoping for lots of Captain Boomerang content. He is a brief cameo. Well, this is bullshit. Bring this him is back. Bullshit. This is fucking bullshit. Uh, yeah, I just finished watching it right before this podcast, actually. Um, I came home, and my friend was like, hey, I have the download. Let's watch it. I mean, uh, let's legally watch it now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> on HBO Max. On HBO Max. Sponsor my HBO Max. <laughs> So how was your legal viewing on HBO Max? That's what I think we're getting at. Yeah, it was enjoyable. Like, as to- talking as someone who's hated every other movie James Gunn has ever done, um, it's, like a, it's like a solid, good action movie. It's got really, really good fight scenes, and it's got, like, some fun dialogue, and it's got some fun characters. The actors were all really good. Um, Margot Robbie off her shits. Um, Gotta love it. That's all I can ask for, because that was my favorite part of the first one, which was mainly a flop. I just want to see actors having a, 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 a jolly grand old time. You will get that in this. John Cena is put, turning in a really good performance. Um, Fuck yeah. John Cena? Yeah, yeah. John Cena. Yeah, John wow. Cena's in it. Who's, he's the, wait, who's he's the he? peacekeaper. He's peace- yeah, yeah, peacekeeper. Well, yeah, I, I, I do love to see him. I do love to see him. Y- you see a lot of him. Um, Great. There's a scene in in um in the in the movie where he's like in his underwear and like I had to like pause it and beat my friend and I was and I just be like, uh, John Cena. I don't want to say it, but John Cena's cock is fucking massive. 
<laughs> you see way wow. too much of John Cena in this movie. <laughs> wow. So for all you John Cena fans out there. Uh, well, I guess. Um, Sponsor us, John Cena. Yeah, shout out, shout out to John Cena's penis. <laughs> shout out to John Cena's penis. Sponsor us. Please sponsor us, John Cena's penis. <laughs> Don't care about the rest of you. Just the penis. He's gonna have to compete with Willem Dafoe's penis. <laughs> oh my god, can oh my we have god. like a penis battle royale? <laughs> yeah, like, John see, like, Cena and Willem Dafoe? They send us pictures of their dicks and we judge them. And that's the podcast. William Dafoe and John Cena reach out to us. No, they just have a sword fight. Oh, God. Yeah. I want to see him sword fight. Look, I'm going to be honest. I feel like William Dafoe is maybe a little too old to engage with that, with uh, the hulking man that is John Cena. No, 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 no. I think that if if the reports of William Dafoe's penis are true, we can see some Olympic level fencing here. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I'm, you can see it. Easily, you can you see it very Google. easily. You just have to Google Dwell and Defoe's penis. It's online. Oh, it it's is. It's hard yeah. to find. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm I had to mute it. myself because I was laughing too loud. <laughs> um, yeah, I heard you. William <laughs> Defoe's penis. Oh, I cannot spell his name. Willem. Yeah, yeah. I no. I'm yeah, saying it is William. It's it's, it's really it's it's a biggin. It's a biggin. Quite That's large. Um, God, we got this cleared up. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, anyway, big flaccid. The drink. <laughs> oh, yeah. has it already been an hour? Yeah, it has. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, I think like yeah. five minutes, but yeah. Um. So anyway, uh, I think that this is a decent cider. It, I, I think it's a little bit less flavorful than like Angry Orchard, but it's good i will drink this um and it's you know what i don't have any regrets saying that unlike some of the things that we've reviewed on here it is very decent mike can i ask how much you paid for this uh um, you know off the top of your head 848 848 yeah uh oh, how much 1099 on yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I guess it, you, that's it's definitely... probably it almost certainly will cost more if you're looking up the price on HarrisTeeter.com. Yeah, that's... I don't. I don't particularly remember this being like particularly on the cheap side. I just thought it was like around the same price as other beers of the type. Well, it's yeah, the problem yeah, yeah. is that it's an import. You know, yeah. it's just like how yeah. when, I, when I was in New Zealand, like Budweiser costs a shit ton because it's an import, not because it's a particularly good beer. And nobody fucking drank Budweiser because of that. Everybody knows it's bad. Though there is a part of me that wants to believe that when Budweiser is an import, there are people who treat it like Heineken and are like, ah, yes, Budweiser. <laughs> I hope so. I hope so, too. I think that would be quite funny. But yeah, I think that this is probably, um, I have paid the same amount for, you know, things that I've enjoyed around the same amount, so I guess I can't really judge it for that. Yeah. It's like, it's like normal. It's good. It's quite drinkable. Uh, Abby? Um, it is drinkable. It's too sweet for me. Hmm. Okay. It's quite sweet. Yeah. It's pretty sweet. Maybe I have to readjust what I think of, like, sweet drinks, because I keep on finding myself thinking that sweet drinks are really mediocre. But maybe it's just the sweetness combined with, like, an alcohol beverage. Uh, Cass, what do you think? I like it. Um, I'm on my second one, and I'm not completely fucked up, so, like... Wow, holy shit. Oh, my God. It's not that strong, is it? Uh, I I don't think you realize Cass's tolerance. Cass will get fucked up on one drink of anything. (laughs) Yeah, Cass is ultimate lightweight. Um, Rance, what do you think? Yeah, it's like, it's not very, yeah, I think my biggest issue with it is not very flavorful. It's got a kind of watery sort of experience to it, yeah. but that just kind of makes yeah. it more drinkable, I think. Um, like, it's so, like, it's just, like, it's a very, like, this is fine experience. Yeah, yeah. And that's, yeah. And that's, that's kind of how I've always felt about it. Um, I guess the, it's funny that you say that you, you drank it a lot in, in college, because I didn't really... I don't think I like ever even touched this until after I I graduated, and maybe I'm the wrong person to ask because, as everybody knows, I'm not a I was not a fucking cider drinker in college. I might not have touched any ciders. 
We I tried this out. during D and D once did because we? yeah, because Sarah Strongbow was our meme that we did. I think we were doing Giant Slayer. <laughs> did we drink this? But did we? Oh, I'm assuming, okay. or maybe Fair we enough. didn't drink it. We just saw that in the store. I think we saw it in the store, and then we memed on it with with our characters. Sarah Strongbow is also gay. Speaking of gay people. Wow, oh, a lot of gay people. Sarah, Sarah, Sarah I Strong can't remember who that character was. <laughs> uh, she was the blacksmith in Trudeau. Yep, in Giant Slayer. Oh. I didn't play that campaign, but I believe you. We're getting off topic. We are very. We are get, <laughs> yeah, definitely sorry. getting off topic. Um, I'm going to rank a beer podcast. Well, I haven't said my part yet. Oh, sorry, Mike. I so sorry. What do you think about it? So here's the thing: if we're the only like other cider that I think we've had so far is Angry Orchard. Yeah, and yeah. We put Angry Orchard near like the top, but the main reason, uh, of course, with the context of we had been drinking complete shit before Angry Orchard, <laughs> so our perspective yeah. was very warped, admittedly. Well, if I'm just like comparing this to Angry Orchard, I gotta say I love this a lot more than Angry Orchard. Really, really, because really? like, like I said before, maybe it is just my palate, but the thing about it being like really like. I guess watery like for me that's like a feature because it is just like whenever I drink this it's just like got this like really crisp taste to it that just feels so clean when I drink it I was just like I just put my lips up to it and it just goes down so easily I fucking just love the way it tastes it does taste literally just like apple juice I will say yeah but it's got like that kind of like I mean that's not that's not a that's not a uh, a knock that's not a knock against it at all like apple juice is good but it's got like that bubbliness and it's not as like what's the word like sour as apple juice and it's it's kind of like offset by like you can taste a little bit of the alcohol i don't know something about it it just goes down it just like works for me so well this is like the my favorite thing we've had on so far wow Holy that's shit. really high praise yeah that's that crazy to me maybe it's just because i like this is the first I'm not a, an avid beer drinker, but this was like the first beer that I was like really got into. I'm really fucking sad that they don't have the honey flavor anymore. I'm very honey mad about flavor. that. I'm, I'm gonna flavor. try that. Honey I think flavor? I actually, I think I actually remember seeing it. I've never tried it. They had I a honey remember, apple I flavor. Seeing it. Yep. It was like my favorite thing to get, and now it's just gone, and I can't find it anywhere. I'm very angry. All they have is that shitty rosé flavor. Oh, they do make a rosé. I've never seen that in a store, though. I've only ever seen regular dark fruit in oh the store. Oh my god. Alright, I gotta, I gotta try and hunt down the rosé flavor. I would totally... I wanna I hunt totally down the rosé flavor now. I, mean, I, I think you can probably order it off Amazon or some bullshit. Maybe right. I'm just biased because it, it seems like they replaced the honey flavor with it, and that was my favorite. But I was like, ugh. I don't know. It's not... I don't, I don't like it that much. Um, I think I'm gonna give this... I mean... I, I I don't agree. All right, I but I I understand where you're coming from because I know that your palate when it comes to like alcoholic beverages, especially on the show, way different than the rest of us. Um, I'm gonna have to give this like even as a cider because I know that I wanted to put ciders on a separate tier list, but on both like the main and the cider tier list, I'm gonna give this like a C, right? Like I I do not think it's as good as Angry Orchard personally, but that's just me. Um, Mike, I'm guessing that you're gonna put this as are you gonna put this as your double S? Wait, Nathan, what tier did you give it? Sorry. I think I'm going to give it like a... No, I'm not even going to give it a C. I'm going to give it like a low B. A low B, I think, is fair for it. It's it's all right. I mean, feel free to just shit on my opinion, because I usually shit on everyone else's I know, opinion. I know, but I'm not going to do that. Mike is our token wrong opinion, dude. Yeah. <laughs> hey, it's got to be somebody. <laughs> I'm just curious as to whether or not you're going to make Strongbow Cider your double S tier. I mean, in terms of like what we've drinking so far if this is like the best thing that i i like the most out of everything we've had so far absolutely okay all right there's just like a vibe to it that just really gels with me i get you i get you i i, I see where you're coming from i think uh, i just Abby... have one of these after a long day at work and it just like releases all of my tension i don't know why abby where, where are you putting it see it's i will drink it i would not buy this okay um Cass? I would also put it in B. Um, yeah, I don't think I can tell it apart from Angry Orchard. Maybe if I had them side by side, but it's yeah. pretty much just another cider for me. 
Yeah, that's like the one thing that I can say is that like I know Angry Orchard isn't this sweet. Rants? Yeah, I put this at a solid. Um, I prefer rum and coke. Um, yeah, that's fair enough. Yeah, it's all right. It's like it's one of those things where I'm just like, it's all right. Drinking it. Um, here's rants, rants. Here's my tier list thing. Like, under C tier is garbage. C tier is like you'll drink it if it's given to you or it's like the best thing in a bar or something, but you won't go out of your way to buy it. And then it goes up from there. Like B tier, you'll buy it sometimes. A tier, you're like consistently on the lookout. S tier, like this is the number one thing you go for. And double okay. S is your favorite beer. Yeah, of all time. Yeah. All right. Okay. Yeah, I'd say this is a C tier then. Like, if you gave me a strong one, I'll drink it. But I'm probably not gonna like order it unless it's like the only thing you've got. Yeah. And of course, the infamous Elliot tier list, which has been absent for far too long. I got it. We got to get back on the Elliot tier list. So, yeah. where are you ranking it? Um. Yeah, I would. This is definitely a D for drinkable. Okay. That's that's I'm, where I I'm figured not this was gonna going to go out and get more of it, but I would drink it. How many did you buy? Um, well, Mike, um, because yeah. he lives quite near me, just bought a six pack and brought me one. So, oh, okay, yeah, I don't go I, outside. I'm sorry. Don't well, right. tell people we near, live nearby. <laughs> it's okay. We've come so close to everybody saying like where they are, like not exactly where they are, but. You know, we've 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 done that so many times that it, it don't matter anymore. My address uh, has three twos in it. <laughs> <laughs> a- anyway, um, I have no idea what we're doing uh, on the next episode. I don't. I, I have no idea what what the schedule is. Anymore. We're gonna figure it out. Um, and this well, was um, it might be the Kanye episode. Oh my god! It might oh yeah, be. The might Kanye. Be. Oh yeah, Donda might drop Not tonight. The... It might be the Kanye episode, and in fact, you might get a double dose of us because we might be doing an episode. We might also just be doing bringing back the whole vlog system um, oh, that we tried about anything though <laughs> that we tried to do, did one recording of, and then failed. We did two. We'll have a whole week to do recording. Exactly, though. we got a whole week, like so keep nine a days. Keep a lookout on the Twitter at Mao as a mensch. Um, anyways, we really do hope that you learned something even if it wasn't what you wanted to learn. This is what I wanted to learn, though. This is what I wanted yeah. to learn, too. This is, this is a good one. So um, my goal in life to teach people this. This is my message to spread. We're spreading the gospel here. So yeah, at, literally. Um, usually Our, at like, this point, somebody's, will learn. somebody's like making a bad joke or giving me a good reason to, to, um, to cut right now. If you so. want, I can talk about uh, my Rorschach's dick shape. Uh, head is it what? No, no thank you. 